Hey, this is Gengar Greasy, and you're listening to the Poke Tower Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 128 of the Poke Tower Podcast. I'm your host, Gengar Greasy. This is a trading cards collectibles podcast. Hopefully, enjoy the information we have ready for you today. All right, uh, quick news. Let's see. Uh, we got Pokemon Scarlet Violet EX inbound for our monthly box breaks. We were supposed to do one like this Friday, so March 31st. We're supposed to do a, our end of the month Discord box break. I don't think that's going to happen because I'm just now getting that stuff in. Wouldn't be enough time for everyone to get their orders in and it would just be rushed. It would not be good. So expect that maybe first or second week of April, we might be able to do that. And then the baseball, the baseball we were talking about, that also is on a delay. So I don't even know when I'm going to get that stuff. So that kind of sucks. I was hoping we would have a, an opening day for uh, Major League Baseball, you know, opening t- style, but it doesn't look like it's going to work out that way. So we'll make do with what we have. So expect first of April, first week of April, second week of April box break. And then we'll, I'll find out some way <laughs> to get us back on schedule. Other than that, we got a lot to talk about today. A uh, couple old topics, a couple new topics, and uh, yeah, a lot. I'm really excited for the Gaming Corner to share that with you guys too, by the way. So, um, all right, let's get this party started. TCG Battle Royale. TCG Battle Royale. This is our segment where we talk about the four TCGs, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Dragon Ball, and Digimon, and their most recent booster release. Sorry, I'm opening another window right now. Not paying attention to you guys. I got to get something ready. Okay. Um, there were some big, big changes uh, in, in the Battle Royale this week. Not so, far, not so much as like the placings, but... The stuff that's going on within the sets is just out of control. So here we go. Number one this week. Going with Dragon Ball Super Power Absorbed. Um, this, I know last week we touched on it, you know. Dragon Ball Super is a brand new set. It's cool. We even looked at the set and how there was going to be this new rarity that they introduce uh, in the collector booster boxes, remember they're doing collector booster boxes now. So you have like a retail box and you have like a hobby box. The regular boxes are down to $68.90. However, just the collector booster box is up to $500. Last week when we touched on it, it was $340 something. Uh, cases for the retail boxes are $749.98. So that's down. So the, the, the standard boosters are down. Um, Top four cards in the set were showing $11,802. That's not completely accurate, but that is based on the lowest price available on TCG Player. Um, That new rarity you see on the left is Sun Goku. Um, It's like a Ghost Rare, Super Saiyan 3. I think it says world at stake or something, universe at stake, something like that. Uh, it, it looks sick. And we're, we're going to take a, a look at it tonight. Um, but that one, 
I think the cheapest one was listed at 8,000 on T on TCG player. They've been selling for cheaper. I think the market's closer to around 3k for them. $3,000. That is we're talking more than than a god rare, which is out of control. Uh, but again, I just went off the um, lowest available price. I think 8,000 was the lowest and then you add in the other alternate art secret rares and you it puts it over $11,800. Uh, there are 28 cards in this set that break the $15 price point. Now, that's kind of skewed because, remember, you have regular booster box hits and then you have collector booster box hits. So you're not going to get them all. If you, if you get one booster box, you're not going to get all those hits or you're not going to have the chance to pull all those hits. However, it doesn't change the fact that there are 28 cards under power absorbed that break the $15 price point, and most of them are over 20. Uh, insane stuff. The uh, you the Goku you are number one card the alternate art secret rare that we talked about last week that is just behind the cooler it's at around like two fifty to three hundred um, be ready to start seeing you know the BGS tens the PSA tens those are gonna those are probably gonna break some records and be a big deal um, and I I just can't believe that Dragon Ball nailed it i mean we talked about this i was like what can you do after god rare like that's it that's the pinnacle nope we're gonna do a retail box and we're gonna do like a hobby box style and we're gonna make alternate art secret rares which is something we haven't seen oh not only that but we're gonna do the game's first ghost rare and you can only pull it from the collector boxes it's out of control so that's the new rarity awesome looking card i i, I don't have any complaints that it's expensive would i love to have one of course will i get one i don't know we'll, we'll find out um, but man, I mean, you can't, you can't beat it. That is, it was just awesome to see that. Like we all expected, okay, every two or three sets, we're going to get a God rare and that's going to be the, the big one. They were like, oh no, we can do something better than that. And that's just so cool that they branched off into this new idea. And that's, that's what you need in the trading card market. You need that innovation. You need to be the first person. And the thing about this is they, they threw the best rarity out there with the best character on it. So this is a home run, absolute home run. And uh, I have nothing but good things to say about this set. Awesome, awesome. All right, number two. Go, sticking with Digimon, uh, Digimon Dimensional Phase. And it's only for rarity here, right? So you have the gold rares. Case prices are exactly the same as last week. Box prices are down to 75.36, which is only a few cents. I think it's down like 20 cents. Top four cards in the set, however, are down to 627.39. So that took quite the drop. Uh, the All Force Vidramon has kind of stuck prices from $75 to $79. So this might be that sticking point where you start seeing them come right back up. I'm not sure about that, but this is the second week now where his price kind of stayed the same. All Force Vidramon is almost the same price as a box. This is the second week that that's happened. I don't know how many more weeks that's going to happen before one tips. All force goes up, box prices go down, you know, something like that, or they both go up. Something's going to happen. That supply will dry up at some point. At some point, someone will want more money for that card. And there are 15 cards in the set that break the $15 price point. I think that's one higher than last week. So this might, that might be short lived, um, but it's staying number two just because of the rarity. However, at number three, you got Yu-Gi-Oh! Maze of Memories. This could jump into number two. I'm just kind of waiting to see how the graded market's going to go. 
and how collectors receive it. Cause that's what this segment is about is what, what collectors would want to get. It doesn't really follow the meta too much. Now there are some things that, you know, like the Mastamon that is meta. So that one's going to be a little bit more, but we're not covering that. We're covering it for the rarity. So here we go. Case prices for Maze, uh, Maze of Memories, $699.99. That's the same as last week. Box prices are down to 58 bucks. That's pretty darn good. Uh, and then the top four cards in the set come out to $508, which are all collector rares. The Black Luster is sitting around 80. Uh, the uh, Elemental Heroes, I think those are, you know, I'm sorry, Black Luster is like, yeah, 60 to 80 bucks. My bad. The Elemental Heroes is just a tad bit higher than that in the range. And then you got Baron at number one. You got Gate Guardian going, you know, closely behind that, which I'm really excited about. Another throwback card. I think that'll do well. Um, I I enjoy Maze of Memories. I'm still watching it because I would like, as much as I would like that Black Luster Soldier to go down, I don't think it will. So I'm, I might be waiting for nothing. But uh, if, if you want to know why I haven't got one yet, why haven't I got the Gate Guardian, why haven't I got the Black Luster, I'm hoping that I can find one for cheaper or I'll just find a PSA 10 and just have it done done with. Uh, buy, the, buy the rarity, buy the grade, and, you know, be done. But it might not be that way. And if it does, you'll see Yu-Gi-Oh! getting a number two here pretty soon. All right. Number four. This is the last week of Crown Zenith. Scarlet Violet EX drops on Friday the 31st. Case prices are down to 600 bucks. Box prices are down to 50 bucks. Nick, look at this. This is abysmal. Top four cards in the set have dropped down to $310. So before you buy a case for $600 and try and pull all the hits, you could buy the top four cards in the set for half the price and be done. Uh, so if you're into Pokemon, this is actually a great time to buy. Um, if you're into grading these cards, you know, it still takes some skill. Just because you see the Giratina down to 120 bucks doesn't mean you got a PSA 10 waiting for you on the other end. You got to do your due diligence. You're going to have to go in there and look at the condition of the cards and ask these sellers for more pictures, thing, you know, all that stuff. And I know it's it's tough, tedious work, but this is where you win. When you get the cheap cards in gem mint condition, it pays off. It pays off like right? I mean, like a normal job. You work eight hours a day. Imagine if you allocated some of those hours to doing this, what you like to do, your hobby. Do the do the work. Do what you're, you know, take your time. If the condition's not there, you pass, right? If it's for the binder, get a discount. You know how to do this stuff. Um, so I think it's a great time to buy Crown Zenith. You, can, you could wait even longer, right? The more, there's going to be more PSA 10s that just keep coming in the market. Um, and then, you know, I just, this still gives me Champion's Path vibes. I think this one's just gonna, not anytime soon will these increase in value. Maybe in a year or two, maybe in a year or two when, when the PSA 10s have found their forever homes, that could be a thing. Um, when people forgot about collecting, you know, that type of stuff. But I'd be careful with this one. I'd be careful. I think Scarlet Violet EX would be a better place to allocate some funds. It's a new set, fresh set. Um, we have more kids involved. Like it's, it's going to be the biggest release that Pokemon has had. All right, that's it for the battle royale this week. We got Dragon Ball Power Absorbed at number one, Digimon at number two, Yu-Gi-Oh! Maze of Memories three, and Pokemon Crown Zenith four. Moving on to Pokemon this week. Here we go. Who's that Pokemon? Maybe 
you're in the market for a Charizard. This past week, I was. Uh, and it's because I noticed this one thing. So I wanted to share this with you guys. If you're in the market for a Charizard, it might be a great time to buy. What I have here is just the TCG player uh, one year price average for uh, the Charizard. Right now, he's at $339. This is just for a regular base set hollow, not first edition, not shadowless. Um, last September, you could have got him for as low as $320, bucks, but still $339. Not bad, right? Considering it was as high as 360 uh, plus, you know, earlier last year. <clears throat> so, do I think you should be buying raw Charizards? No, I, I actually think I just use the raw price of a Charizard to gauge when it's time to buy graded Charizards. And I'll give you an example here. <laughs> this is the three month average for a PSA 7 Charizard. You can see here that the current price for one is 380. The average sales price is 328 and is up 11% in the last three months. What's the difference between this and this, right? So you get a, a raw Charizard for 339. You have a PSA 7 for $380. The difference is, is one is graded, one is not. You have to take a chance on this raw one to grade at least a seven, which is pretty hard to do with vintage cards. So at this point, I see the raw card, the same price as a near mint seven. I'm gonna go for the near mint seven, which is what I did. And I actually picked up a PSA seven Charizard this weekend for $320. He wanted 350, he got 320, right? So I was actually under the average sales price. Um, and I think it's a great time. I mean, look, it's even cheaper. I got one cheaper than a raw one. And that's just because at this point in time, so many people are aware of the grading hobby and so many people are aware of condition now. Most people will sell you their Charizard raw because they don't want to go get it graded and it does terrible. So you're removing risk while buying a good grade in a seven, right? Uh, that's just one example. Here's another example. If you want to go a little bit higher, PSA eights are stupid cheap right now. PSA 8s are crazy cheap. When you consider that PSA 9 sells for $1,000 plus, right? $1,000, $1,200, sometimes $1,500 for PSA 9. And you got PSA 8s averaging $492 right now. The current price is $450. And it's down almost 2% in the last three months. I was able to pick up a Charizard PSA 8 this weekend for $430. So I got a 7 I got a PSA 7 for, the, for cheaper than a raw card. And I got an 8 for 430 bucks. Now, you do the math. You go to PSA, right? You buy this raw, 340 bucks Plus tax, you're probably around like 360 370 You You got to do at least the $40 grading fee at PSA. At least the $40. So now, you're talking you're at 410 420 bucks before you can get your card back. I was able to get one at 4.30. So a PSA 8. And how many of you think that you can eyeball a PSA 8? Not many people can. Modern cards? Sure. Vintage? I'm telling you. You're going to buy one raw and you're going to end up getting a 6 and you're going to get crushed. So right now, with his raw prices being like this, you know, 300 bucks, go get yourself a 7. Go get yourself an 8 while they're cheap. I would do it. Um, and the reason why we know these are cheap is because when you look at the year... 
he's down. He's down. I mean, look at if you draw a line right here from 360, he's actually down. Don't look at the, the ebbs and flows. Just look at the trend. Charizard is down right now. So that is a buy signal for me to buy some Charizards. So we got, we got two. We got a PSA 7, PSA 8. I now have three Charizards. I'm going to keep stacking. Um, I bring this up just because this is something I'm doing. And if you're in the market for a Charizard, I think it's a great time to buy. There are plenty of sellers who will give you a good deal on these Charizards. Now, the thing with this is this is a long-term play. This is, a long, this is not something, you know, at least a year. It's one of these things, you know, you might have to wait. If you're here, right here in the middle of this chart, you're going to have to wait for this swoosh right here. And then when it comes back up, then you might be like, okay, I'm in, I'm in some profit. That might be a possibility. But when you think about trading cards, and this is, this is one reason why I like that we're doing sports cards now and, and we're talking about it. And some of you who have never done sports cards are getting into it. Because when you look at the sports card hobby, you have your mantles, right? You have your Jordans. You have your Tiger Woods, like every sport has its goat, right? You have your Tom Brady rookies, right? Every, every sport. Um, Charizard is the guy. Now, of course, Shadowless would be better. First edition would be better. But I think that there's actually a lot, an a lot of opportunity to get these Charizards, to get the base set, regular base set, unlimited. Uh, and, and I know that it's affordable for most people who watch this podcast. I think it's very realistic this is a realistic uh, thing that you can do and you'd be surprised in a year how many charizards you might have maybe you have two three four who knows um but be smart i would go psa seven and higher because those are the ones that i've seen the price go up the most on right uh, there was a time where psa nine was almost seven thousand dollars crazy i've seen psa nine sell for two thousand three thousand right now they're down to a thousand to fifteen hundred but I think they can easily be back to where they were. Definitely, because there's more collectors now than there were in 2020. So um, I think the demand is going to increase. And I also think people my age are going to get older. They're going to come into more money, which means they can buy things that they enjoy. Everyone's getting at that age now where they have a little bit, they're a little bit more responsible with their money. There you guys go. That's the, that's the update on the Charizard market. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Moving on to some Yu-Gi-Oh! this week. Talking about budget collecting, this is something um, that I think is, is cool. We got the Yu-Gi-Oh! reprints, the 2010 to 2017 reprints. Um, now, you could, go, you could go Legend of Blue Eyes, Metal Raiders, you know, Invasion of Chaos, Pharaoh Servant, whatever Magic Ruler, or so, I'm sorry, uh, Spell Ruler. You could go with any of those and be safe. But you look at these prices. I think this is great. Like if you're a if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh fan that does not want to spend the big money on first edition or unlimited first print, um, I think these Yu-Gi-Oh reprints are crazy cheap. I mean, look, you have Trihorn Dragon. That's a secret rare. 20 bucks for an eight. And I think, I think with with $200 to $300, you could complete an entire ultra rare or secret rare set of these throwback sets. I think it's just a really cool thing to display. It's cost efficient. Uh, you get all the cards you love for super cheap, right? This isn't a, this isn't a flip play. I, I do think, and I've said this before on the podcast, I do think that these are underpriced and that these will have a place, right? Especially 
especially with Yu-Gi-Oh doing the 25th anniversary and reprinting these cards again. Um, I think these classic cards have a place. Uh, Exodia, $30. Look at this. Dark Magician, PSA 8 reprint, $26. So you talk about balling on a budget. Um, you know, this is, this is a great one. Look at this. Celtic Guardian, $24. Yu-Gi-Oh reprints. Check them out. Um, the reason, the reason why I thought of this was because, you know, I think it was CT. Uh, CT in the Discord was talking about how he has like a hundred dollar, a hundred dollar a month rule where he has to buy, he wants to buy a slab and a hundred dollars is his thing. I mean, you could buy three to four of these slabs from LOB and like, we're talking, okay, you get dark magician, you get, um, blue eyes, white dragon, you get red eyes, black dragon. Um, and then you can get, you know, one other, maybe you get Trihorn dragon, or maybe you get Celtic guardian or Exodia, right? You can get all those things for about a hundred bucks, maybe just a little over. So it's like, if you, if, if you're capped to a hundred dollars a month, get two slabs, dark magician, Celtic guardian done. You're at like, you're in like 60 bucks and then you wait till next month and you buy more. And I think literally within months you can complete the LOB, um, super rare to secret rare collection. You could do it for MRD, right? Um, and I think Metal Raiders is one I would be interested in because I really like Black Skull Dragon. Um, I think that'd be great to have. Uh, Summon Skull would be another good one. So, like, there's some great cards uh, that you can get. And, you know, PSA 8, PSA 9, they're selling crazy cheap right now, guys. I mean, this isn't bad at all. This is, again, if you're going to get some value, if you want to collect for value, I think you still need to go for a PSA 10, which is going to cost a premium, even though it's a reprint, it's going to cost a premium. But, if this is strictly PC and you just want to build a wall of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, this is a great way to do it. Great way to do it. <laughs> that is it for Yu-Gi-Oh this week. I just wanted to touch on that real quick. I think it's a great way to budget collect. Um, and the throwback cards, I, I need to get back to watching season one and two. Those are my favorite, some of my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh to watch. Uh, and it always gives me the itch to buy a different Yu-Gi-Oh card. So that's something I'll be, I'll be doing here pretty soon. All right, moving on to Dragon Ball this week. Here we go. Alright, Dragon Ball this week. We got Super Saiyan 3 Son Goku Universe at stake. This is the new hologram rare that Dragon Ball Super has released in their collector booster boxes for Power Absorbed. So this is a, what this is, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, let me open up another window here. Um, what this is, let me go to TCG Player. <laughs> let me show you what's going on. Uh, where's my link? Here we go. Boom. There we go. Okay, you guys can see now. Good, 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 good. Let me show you something. Goku. You know, you, this is going to make sense to you here in a second. So you, you remember this card? This one right here? This was the one that I picked for my <laughs> top cards for collectors coming out of Power Absorbed. This is the regular version of Sun Goku Universe at stake. They made it in a hologram rare alternate art right here. Let me move myself out of the way so you guys can see. That is a, that is a majestic card. That is sick. I love it. I, this, this is one of the few cards where I'm like, I have, 
I got to get one. I don't know how I'm going to get one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out. This is just like the Goku signature card to me. That's what this reminds me of. This is the type of card that would be with me forever. Um, you see here, this guy wants $8,000 for it. I don't think he's going to get that, but I mean, you had one sale here for $2,000 the other day. Uh, it's probably going to stay around $3,000. I'll show you here why. Um, but there it is. And remember, this, this is one of the coolest things that I think Dragon Ball did was throwing that in a collector's booster box. You can't get this out of the regular boosters. And so unique. It looks awesome. Um, this is one of the coolest Dragon Ball cards I've ever seen. And, and it's because of the artwork and the rarity. I mean, this is this is what I always talk about. If you're going to introduce <laughs> Digimon Take Notes, oh my gosh, Digimon Take Notes. If you're going to introduce a badass rarity like this, you gotta you got to swing for the fences. And that's how you do it right there. Uh, you take a look at the sale prices here. Here's some um, $3,400 was a buy it now. And then you had uh, $3,100 on bids so around 32 ish. Um, and I, I think that's, I think that's about right. This is telling me that this is a little bit high, higher rarity than the God rare. But the only thing we don't really have at this point is the pool rate. Um, I feel like there are already more sales on these here. And this is what, so remember when the God rares dropped, you only saw one or two sales on eBay. Um, watch this. So is this, it really just depends. I guess how many, how many are out there? Because you didn't see this many listings when you, when you look for God rares, but there's already 37 results. I mean, look, one, two, three, four. There's four available right there. Look, there's five. Someone already got a BGS 10. And they're, look at that, 5,264 bids. Holy cow. Let's see if there's another one here. So there's five that are active right now. That's already more than what the God Rares were when we were looking for them. Here's six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15 so far. Wow, that guy got it for 1,200. No freaking way. That's amazing. That's amazing. So what I'm saying though is we already got 20 here. 20 right here. I felt like when the God Rares were released, you maybe had one or two listed on eBay when they were, you know, when it was closer to release time. So I don't know how I feel about that. If it's actually as rare as we say it is, I, that's the only variable that's kind of keeping me from just like aping into this right now and be like, oh, I'm going to get one. I have to get one. Um, but yeah, $3,000 card. Expect that. It's an awesome card. This is way cooler than the God Rares. Way cooler. This is way cooler than the signature cards. This is the coolest Dragon Ball card in the modern era I've ever seen. And I love it. I love it. And it's actually a good artwork of Goku. It's not like some cheesy artwork. Uh, that is just, I mean, look at that. That, <laughs> dude, you got lightning all around him. Like, he's not playing around. I just love it. I love that card. Um, so I don't know where the, what the future holds for this card, but man, it's, it's awesome. And it's something I want to talk about. Uh, hopefully, you know, someone is in the market for this card in our discord. I'd love to see it. Um, yeah. In all right now, it's, it's an awesome looking card. Okay. That's it for Dragon Ball this week. Moving on to Excelsior. Here we go. Oh, there's some more prices right there. My bad. 
These were the other prices, but we just checked, we just covered that. Okay. Excelsior. This is our segment on Marvel trading cards. A few weeks ago, we talked about the top Marvel characters and Wolverine got, you know, he got snubbed. He took the number two spot to, um, Spider-Man. Oh my gosh. Just brain fart. Took the number two spot to Spider-Man. Spider-Man was the number one most popular guy, which is cool. I, mean, I, I get that. Um, but the reason why I bring back the Wolverine cards is because, you know, Hugh Jackman is coming back as Wolverine uh, to be featured in a Deadpool movie and what he calls Wolverine 10. Uh, and it's supposed to be prior to the actual Logan movie. I won't spoil the Logan movie if you haven't seen it, but um, it's supposed to be prior to that. So this is actually a part of his story. Uh, and I think with him coming back to the movies, because it's been a few years, right? It's been a few years since he's been in the movies as Wolverine. He said he was done. The fact that he's coming back, I think his card market could go up for a little bit. It might be a short-term pump. Um, but what I wanted to do today was take a look at ones that maybe uh, you'd want to collect. Here we go. Oh, excuse me. All right. This is from Beckett. Beckett.com. 18 awesome Wolverine trading cards. We're just going to look through this gallery real quick and take a, you know, get a quick look and... I'm actually someone who would buy Wolverine cards. Um, I'm looking at them all the time. I just, I don't buy them because there's so many other things. Look, I mean, look behind me. There's so many other things that go on this, this list of spending money. I mean, I, I just, I just reprioritize them. I guess that's what you could say, but I bet if I were to buy a super high rarity <laughs> Wolverine card, that'd probably be it for me. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Wolverine is the superhero anti-hero with a heart of gold. All right, he's he's among the elite not only when it comes to X-Men, but all comic heroes. It shouldn't be surprising that there are a lot of Wolverine trading cards out there. Here's the Wolverine Appreciation Gallery. If you're looking to collect some Wolverine trading cards, you can see what's listed on eBay in the Beckett Marketplace. Okay, whatever. 1990 Impel Marvel Universe number 10. It might not be Wolverine's rookie card, but Impel's, Impel's first set in their long-running Marvel Universe line remains iconic. So for many, this is a card that's ingrained in comic book history. You can get this card for a couple bucks, too. You know what I mean? And you could even buy a 10 for, pro I think, I want to say under 100 bucks. You can definitely get a 10 uh, under 100. But just a classic card. Um, I think, you know, you can buy these cheap for a couple bucks each. I think you can grade them for 12 to $15 each on a bulk special. And uh, I think you just wait till his, you know, his stock rises. That's, that's something you could do. 1990 Marvel Impro, uh, Impel Universe Holograms Wolverine HM4. We've seen this one before, and I think this is one of the most popular cards you can get in a 10. Um, the 10s are stupid expensive, but, you know, 8s and 9s do okay. Holograms, we'll get to this one a little bit fancier. Wait, we'll get to the one that's a little bit fancier in a moment. But this one still has, I had that nostalgia going for it. Yeah. And I think a couple guys in our Discord actually have this card. It's a great looking card. You got the 1992 Marvel Masterpieces Battle Spectra Wolverine Sabretooth 3D. When I saw this one, this one was sick. I was like, okay, this is one I might have to look at. Check that out. I love, when I was a kid, there was, there was a lot of cards of Wolverine and Sabretooth fighting. And those were my favorite. Um, so, and this is actually a really cool one that I never had. This is a 92 Marvel Masterpieces brought the mainstream heroes into the realm of premium trading cards for the first time. And what's cooler than Joe G. 
Jusco's interpretation of Wolverine and his arch nemesis Sabretooth having at it in an etched foil insert. Yeah, I bet that looks great. 1994, Marvel Masterpieces Wolverine. Now, this is a pretty popular one. Uh, I, I think I've seen people try to scalp this one on PSA 10s. Uh, for the third installment of Marvel Masterpieces, Greg and Tim Hildebrandt brought their beautiful and instantly recognizable style. Here's Wolverine, presumably in his natural habitat of the Canadian wild. Awesome looking card. This one's sick. Uh, 1994 Fleer Marvel Universe Series, the 3D holograms. This is a uh, Universe Series 5. Number two. It's impressive to see how far holograms came in such a short time, and if your eyes are drawn to this clause first, you might think it's Freddy Krueger. That's a cool looking card. And these are all cards, like, these are just classic cards that would be on my list as well. I haven't seen one that I don't like just yet. Oh my gosh, that's sick. Here's the 1995 Fleer DC vs. Marvel Wolverine uh, Lobo versus Lobo. In retrospect, not a lot of good came out of the DC-Marvel crossover in the mid-90s. This card is one of them. Even if you don't remember the battle between Wolverine and Lobo in the comics, you can appreciate them both on a single card. With the complications of licensing, it's possible we may never see this pair on an official trading card again. And I think that's a cool story. You know, if you're a, if you're a DC-Marvel person and, and you have friends that are DC-Marvel and, you, and you, you have your PSA 10 of this card, right? And you say, you know, this may be one of the last times that we will ever see these two on the same card again. And then you can explain that. So I think it's a cool story to have when you're talking about your collection. Does it add value? I don't know. But I think this is really cool. 1995 Fleer Ultra X-Men Wolverine. This one, eh, I don't know if I like that artwork, but it does look pretty brutal. Uh, Dave DeVries perfectly captures the rage Wolverine is known for. Poor Sentinel didn't stand a chance. I... These are just nostalgic. I've, I remember seeing cards like this all the time. 95, Clear Ultra X-Men, Wolverine Spring Break. Why do I feel like I have this card? I feel like Chris may have sent this to me. Um, here's a different side to Wolverine. While much of the Spring Break subset was an excuse to show off swimsuits, we get a Speedo wearing Logan manning the grill. This is not your normal Wolverine card, which is exactly what makes it interesting. Again, just another cool story. Uh, I probably wouldn't get that card, but um, it is funny. 1996 Skybox Marvel Masterpieces, 92 Wolverine. There's nothing in the 1996 Marvel Masterpieces set that isn't valuable. Oh, really? The set proved to be rare compared to other sets of the era. Combine that with the beauty of Julie Bell and Boris Vallejo, and you've got a comic card classic. This particular card is done by Bell. I'm not sure if he's hunting Ninja Turtles or looking to recreate Harrison Ford's Jump in the Fugitive or just looking majestically enraged, but it's beautiful. Okay. And this might be something worth looking at, right? So, for some reason, this 96 Fleer Skybox was a big deal. 1996 Fleer Skybox, Marvel Masterpieces, double take. Oh, no way. No way. Hold on. Wolverine versus Venom. That is something I got to get. These are like my two favorite characters right here. Wolverine versus Venom. These double-sided inserts have a work of Boris Vallejo on one side and Julie Bell on the other. Wolverine is in the front, and this time more mystical interpretation from Vallejo. That is sweet. I'm not going to lie, I like the Venom a little bit more than the Wolverine, but to have them both on the same card, that, that might be something I have to look for now. 
2000 Tops X-Men autographs, Hugh Jackman. Now, this, I think this would be a big one. This is this. So this would be a better example of what I was talking about, where the Wolverine market could go up. You got Hugh Jackman coming back after a few years being removed from the Logan role, coming back. He's adding another part to Wolverine's story before the Logan movie. It's gonna be good. There was a, there was a time where this card was an overlooked gem in the entertainment trading cards uh, sphere. Not anymore. Although the X-Men movies are a hit and a miss as a whole, Jackman's turn as Wolverine is iconic and helped launch him into Hollywood's A-list. He has other autograph cards, but this was the first. Maybe you go try and find some of these. They're probably just sky-high priced out now. It's probably too late, but you never know. I'll have to look into that. Here's another one. You got a X-Men memorabilia Wolverine's costume. That is sweet. <clears throat> another Hugh Jackman card. Here's another auto. X-Men The Last Stand. This is from 2006 Rittenhouse. X-Men 3. That's a solid one. I like that one. Here we go. Uh, X 2006 X-Men 3 The Last Stand number 1 T1 Wolverine. This is one of those cards that just looks cool. Not only is the image packed with more emotion than anything in the actual movie, but it's done on an acetate stock adding to the overall look. Oh, really? That is sweet. Oh, what is this? Oh, the, I, I'm going to like this one. 2010 Rittenhouse Marvel 70th anniversary clearly heroic. I love the clearly cards. If you don't know what I'm talking about. These are cards that are pretty much see-through. Uh, here's another take on acetate. It's straightforward, but still looks great with both strong artwork and less frequently used card stock. That is sick. This is clean. It's simple. The art is in the character. Like I like a lot of that. That's this is my style right here. Uh oh, what do we got? Here? Oh my gosh. 2012 Upper Deck Marvel Premiere Shadow Box Wolverine vs. Sabretooth. I gotta, I gotta have this. 2012 Upper Deck Marvel Premiere took comic trading cards to another level of high-end standards. Among those were the Shadow Box cards that have, layered, have a layered approach. High-end plus Wolverine plus Sabretooth equals fancy. Yeah, that is nuts. That is sweet. We got to look that up right now. Okay, so we got, what is this called? 2012 Upper Deck. Let me do, let me do this. I'm going to copy this. I got to see this on eBay. We got to see. They got these things? Oh, they don't have it. No. They got other ones. Oh, wait, here's an Iron Man. That's pretty cool. Can you guys see that? Not much, huh? Can I hover over this thing? Oh my goodness. Won't let me. All right. Okay. They're not, they're not too expensive. What's up with this though? 400 bucks. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh-oh. I think this is it right here. 2014 Upper Deck Marvel Premiere Classic Covers Shadow Box. Yep. Look at that. Shadowbox cards returned in 2014, adding a new dimension to comic, a classic comic book covers. Wolverine had multiple cards in this set, but it's this one from the first solo issue that triggers lots of memories. And in case you're wondering, images don't do these Shadowbox cards justices. justice. They need to be seen in person. Oh, wow. Interested in that. I don't really care for the artwork. I know that it's a classic artwork, so I get that. But I this is sick. That one's just nuts. The Sabretooth one. Oh, this is cool. 2016 Upper Deck 
Marvel masterpieces, what if Wolverine? What if card parallels that use the same artwork as the main set, but add elements to make them look like an alternate art comic cover? That is sick. I like that. What, what's this one? 2016. wonder if this one would be a little less expensive because it's a newer. We'll see right now. Oh my goodness. What? They want 2800 bucks for that. No. No. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. That is nuts. Some of these cards are crazy expensive, guys. So you're going to have to go through, sift through, find the ones you like. But man, I guess I'll have to be adding some Wolverine stuff to my list. Okay. I think that's it. Yeah, that is it for Wolverine this week. I just want to do a quick update um, with the Deadpool movie coming out. I think it's a good time to maybe invest a little. And I think the Hugh Jackman autos would probably be some of the better ones uh, because that's a, that's a character that can fade away and, and be associated with Wolverine. And then once he's gone, he's gone. I think, I think that makes sense. You can kind of compare that to the sports card world, right? All of famers, things like that. People that can be remembered. Because <clears throat> the Wolverine character alone is immortal, but putting an actor to it, you know, that, that makes it a little bit more like the sports card world. Okay, that's it for Excelsior this week. We're moving on to sports. Let me see if I have, do I have, oh, here we go, March Madness, here we go. All right, March Madness, but for Major League Baseball Rookie of the Year brackets. Okay, last week, we had Gunnar Henderson versus Hunter Brown, Jordan Walker versus Tristan Cassis, Corbin Carroll versus Ezekiel Tovar, Logan O'Hop versus Miguel Vargas. Uh, most of these were pretty easy blowout um, uh, decisions here, but... Here we go. People are playing games here. Okay. We had Gunnar Henderson versus Hunter Brown. And I think this is a pretty easy one. That was voted 9-1 to Gunnar Henderson. So, he again, he's the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. He moves into the, the semifinal slot here. Actually, the quarter semifinals. You got Jordan Walker versus Tristan Cassis. That was 6-2. So, he defeats Tristan Cassis here. Jordan Walker. You got Corbin Carroll versus Ezekiel Tovar. Corbin's got seven to two, so he wins. Again, he's supposed to be the number two guy to win rookie of the year. Um, and then you have Logan O'Hop versus Miguel Vargas, and it is six to six tie. Now, this was tough because I asked the Discord, like, hey, we got a dead tie. How do we solve this? Um, Lone Wolf. Ivan says Vargas was named Dodgers minor league player of the year in 2021 and has hit over 300 in the minors. Okay, that's a good that's a good reason. I like that. Um Let's see here. Chris he ended up saying that Logan O'Hop will make the team. So that's actually another thing too. Like what if what if Logan O'Hop wasn't pulled up from the minors? Who knows? But Chris is saying he'll make the team. 
Then you also have Jay Parks, who said Vargas over Ohop because position players have a better chance to win Rookie of the Year over catchers. These are all good reasons of why one or the other couldn't win. So I, And this is what I wanted. This is the whole point of doing this Major League Baseball Rookie of the Year brackets for our sports card collectors and also our TCG guys who are trying to learn about sports cards. Educate yourself on these types of factors. I'm not... I'm not sure what we're going to do. Um, it's, it's a tie 6-6. We may have to do a revote. We may have to do a revote. I think it's the only way to make it fair. And the reason why we're doing this again is because if you want to buy, if you want to buy sports cards, specifically baseball, because the season's getting ready to start in a week, actually in a few days, opening day is on like, like in two or three days. Um, you want to invest some money into some rookies. Jordan Walker's been doing great. Um, if you if you watch some of his uh, spring training stuff, he's killing it. Gunnar Henderson, I haven't heard too much from him, but again, every, he's just a favorite. He he already he kind of already popped, so he's just a favorite. Uh, he plays shortstop, plays third base, so pretty big position there. Corbin Carroll, you know he he's going to be great. Um, it's tough. It's tough. So I I think. Right now, if you're a guy that's like, who do I invest my money in? I think you could be safe with any of those three. I really do. Um, You know, and if they don't win rookie of the year, I still think they could be great, you know, after. So I would still go for Gunnar Henderson. I think that's the cheap play. I think what we're going to do next week is we're going to do a revote. We definitely have to do a revote on those two because it's just not going to. I can't go and say who's who. You know what I mean? We need to. We need to. We need to figure out. There's too many good points made, right? Okay, so Logan Hop makes the team. Vargas, you know, minor league player of the year, batting over 300. Actually, I would say, I think we already made our decision. Miguel Vargas is going to win. Miguel Vargas is going to win because we had multiple people say that Miguel Vargas is going to win. He's batting 300. He's got a different position than Logan which, you know, favors Rookie of the Year awards over catchers. Um, better batting, minor league player of the year. Yeah, I think that give, I think we've solved it. So we're going to go Miguel Vargas over the top here. He's going to be facing off against Corbin Carroll. You got Jordan Walker versus Gunnar Henderson, which is going to be big because <clears throat> Jordan Walker's been making the highlight reels. Like a lot of spring training videos of Jordan Walker have been hitting the gram and been on, you know, sports news. So he could be a big deal. Um, and he's a good player. So I still pick Gunnar Henderson because I've already invested in him, but, uh, very well, Jordan Walker could come out. I mean, he's, he was the number four seed, so it's not impossible that he doesn't do well. All right. That's what we're going to do. We're moving Miguel Vargas up versus Corbin Carroll, Jordan Walker versus Gunnar Henderson next week. Excuse me. Speaking of Gunnar Henderson, let's talk about his cards. All right, sports cards this week. We're talking about Gunnar Henderson, rookie. This is his base. Base 2022 Tops Series 1 rookie card. Why did I go with the base? Because it's cheap. It's cheap. For most of our TCG guys, you're probably not willing to go buy an auto or an, an autographed numbered card. It's probably a little too much to ask right now when you're starting, right? You're like, I'm just not willing to invest that kind of money in something I don't know anything about. That's good. 
That's actually the smart thing to do. So that's why I'm sharing the base stuff. Um, you can see here over the last 30 days, Gunnar Henderson's base card is down 39%. And you can actually buy it for just three bucks right now. I have like two or three of these cards. But you can actually, you can literally buy these in lots of 10 to 12, 13, 14, like big lots. People sell big lots for less than 10 bucks of the same exact card. You can just get 10 copies of this card. Why do I share that? Well, because again, when you grade ultra modern or bulk specials of PSA, you can get that $12 to $15 price and you can do really well. Was the light changing behind my head? This one? Maybe not. That was weird. Anyways, he is kind of down, right? We're showing 40%. 40%, you know, from $4 to 225 It sounds big, but it's really not, you know? <clears throat> okay, but check this out. This is what I kind of think Gunnar Henderson can be. And I'm not a big baseball guy, but I do a little bit of research, right? The first person that I think this can turn out to, and this is why I'm saying you could you should buy these base rookies and, and grade them for 10 12 bucks. I mean, SGC was grading these cards for $9 a piece. They just stopped doing it, but you could have bought this card and graded it for nine bucks. All right. So now you're doing, do the math. Nine, uh, $2 card plus a $9 grade, you're $11 in. $11 in. Now keep this in mind. Right here is Trey Turner. Trey Turner is also one of the top shortstops in MLB. This is his base rookie. This is a base tops chrome rookie. Look at how much they sell for in a 10. 60, 40. Well, that's actually 46. This is 61. This is like 67, 68. That's a base rookie. And this is his 2016 card. So the, like, that's kind of what I see the tops. Like that is the ceiling. If Gunnar Henderson takes off, that is the ceiling for his base rookie cards. Like you're going to get that, that type of stuff right there. And you can do that with this card. That's what I think. That's why I shared this. These aren't high rarity, right? This is not colored. It's not serial numbered. There's no auto, right? It's, there's nothing special about these. These these are a diamond dozen. But when a rookie pops, especially someone like who plays shortstop and third base like Gunnar Henderson, Trey Turner's a great shortstop. Look at look at this is what, what one of the top three shortstops in the game gets for a PSA 10 base rookie. Remember, you only paid 11 bucks for your card. You only paid 11 bucks for your card and you got 10 copies of them. That's that's kind of look at I mean, look at COMC, they sold all these. They just got them by the dozen. Boom, boom, boom. And that's kind of how the sports card stuff works. It's a little bit different than TCGs. Here's another person I think it could be like. I think this is close to the same draft class too. You got Bobby Witt Jr. So here's a more recent player. Right? This is 2020, uh, 2022 Tops Update Rookie. This is just a base. Base card. 30, uh, 40 bucks for this card. And 44 bucks for this one. I'm adding shipping. That's where I'm getting the number from. Um, again, and this he's he's a newer rookie. Like he's probably only you know he's like one two years in. <clears throat> so that's kind of like you see like that's where I see where Gunnar Henderson can go because his rookie cards aren't priced there yet. You could actually you could even do this, guys. I mean, you could you could go and find Gunnar Henderson rookie cards. Let's see if we could do that right now. Actually, uh, if we come here, we go to eBay. Let's see. Let's see what we can find. Gunner Henderson PSA 10. Uh, we're going to go to 
lowest price. Buy it now. 45 bucks. 50 bucks. So people are actually pretty high on this guy. Here's our card right here. Top Series 1, Gunner Henderson, rookie base. 60 bucks. 65. 65. Look at guys. You can get this card for $3 right now. Right here. You can get it for three bucks. Let's see what they're actually selling for. Let's go into that. Let's see. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, PSA 10. Let's go to sold. Let's see what they're actually selling for. 60 bucks. 60. He's there. He's already there. And people, what the weird thing about this though, so this is a lot of speculation is what's happening because Bobby Witt Jr. is actually ranked higher as a shortstop than, I'm sorry, as a third baseman, third baseman as a gunner. So, so Bobby Wood Jr. Is a, is a shortstop and a third baseman. Trey Turner is a shortstop. Those guys are both ranked higher as like a better player on like the MLB websites. So that's pretty interesting to see. I didn't even realize that. You know, these Gunner Henderson prices are, are nuts. Look at that. These are selling like hotcakes. But you can do it too. You can do it too. When when his cards, you know, are just two bucks a pop, you can do that too. And you still have time. You still have time. It's a long season. Baseball doesn't end till this October. You know, you can get your cards back probably by by the summertime and be ready to roll. I think it's, I think it's a good if you're a Gunnar Henderson fan like me, definitely. I'll, I'll share some cards I just got back um, in the Discord. I think you guys will enjoy it. Okay, what else we got here? That's it for sports this week. Moving on to Greasy's Gaming Corner. Here we go. Talk about one of the rarest N64 games ever. We're talking up there with, um, what was that one? Clay Fighter? Let me see. Gosh dang it. Yeah, the Clay Fighter games for N64. <clears throat> so this right here, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just had to, I had to compare it. So a few months ago, we touched on Clay Fighter and how it's like the rarest N64 game around. This game was left off the list, but it is literally right there with it. This is Beast Wars Transformers Transmetals. I played this game when I was a kid, and the, this is the cool thing about it. So check this out. Let me open this up. You're not going to believe this. So this Beast Wars Transformers Transmetals. I'm going to scroll down here. What's up with this game? Where did it come from? How'd you get it? I don't know if you guys ever played this game. I was a huge fan of Beast Wars. That was like one of my favorite cartoons shows prior to... You know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, Digimon was around the same time as Beast Wars. So, like, Beast Wars and Digimon? Forget about it. Those are my favorite things in the world. Um, but this is nuts. Let me see if I can find... There's a part about Blockbuster I need to tell you about. Here we go. In North America, Transmetals was initially exclusive to Blockbuster video rental stores. That means you could only rent this game to play it. You could not buy it. 
Well, you could steal it, I guess. That would probably been the that would have been the smartest thing to do, just steal the damn thing. Uh, eventually receiving a limited retail release months later. As a result, Trans Metals is among the rarest N64 games, and even the cartridge alone, without the box or manual, it still commands a decent price on the collector's market. Though it doesn't go for nearly as much as blockbuster exclusive exclusives like Stunt Racer or Clay Fighter. It's in the top three. We're talking rarest games. First of all, Beast Wars Transmetals, when they that was like season two of Beast Wars when they were getting their butts kicked. They get the transmetal technology, they change. Remember Optimus, like he sacrifices himself. Well, he comes back and he comes back as a transmetal and he just like wrecks house. Um, it's super cool. But check this out. Check this out. Hold on. Look at the prices of this stuff. It is out of control. Here we go. So this comes from uh, the pricecharting.com website. This is Beast Wars Transmetals. Let me see if I can show you the price here. Where's, the, where's my chart? Is it not going to show me? There we go. Boom. Oh, I see. I see. What if I shrink it down? Is it going to let me? Oh my gosh. There we go. Check this out. Oh my gosh. What is up with the screen? Hold on. There it is. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do this. So loose price. This is just the cartridge itself. $130 just for the cart. Complete price, $644. Brand new price, $1,300. Graded price, $18,800. Box only. Just the freaking box. Just that box that says Blockbuster on it. $460. And the manuals, $510. And look at this price over, over the last 10 years. 10 years ago, you could have got this, car, this game for $23. Bucks. Look at this. It just skyrocketed. Crazy, right? And then look at the CIB. Everything, new, graded, box, manual. Well, let me get rid of the graded. There we go. Look at these. It's just up. It's up, 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 up. This is an awesome game. If you guys, ha somebody has to remember this. Please, someone tell me they have it. That would be awesome. Um, there was a limited release. So I would, I would be willing to bet that the limited release is probably a better, um, like more rare collectible. But this game, guys, you go on eBay, like, it's, they're not lying. Like, people are selling the box for $600. Um, but this is, this is a game I'm, I'm, I have to have. So this is something I wanted to show you guys that I'm interested in, what I'm looking at. Um, because I remember when I was a kid, we were going on a vacation to Texas or something like that. Or maybe it was a sporting event. I think it was a sporting event, like a competition. We had the N64. I remember my mom packed up the N64 and we rented Beast Wars Transmetals to play while we were in the hotel. We took the game with us from Oklahoma City to Texas. And I remember we were on vacation for so long um, that we got late charged for this game. And we didn't even really get to play this game because we ended up getting in trouble, something like that. So like we were at the hotel and we couldn't even play this game. Uh, and then by the time we got back, Two, three weeks later, the game was overdue. We had turned in. Um, but this was a game that I really, really uh, liked as enjoyed. I just, it was one of those ones like it was short-lived, you know. Um, and I didn't know 
when I was a kid, I had no idea this was a blockbuster exclusive. I thought like, hey, we can get this game one day. No, no, you can't. You just can't find the damn thing. And uh, this is something that I'll probably buy in a water graded. I don't care if it's CIB because I think CIB commands the price that it's asking for. When you consider how rare it is, it's up there, you know, with Clay Fighter. You know, it may not be as popular, but it's definitely up there with Clay Fighter in terms of rarity. And that's that's something I want to chase and get. Um, just this past week, I bought um, CIB for Star Fox 64. And the reason why I bought CIB for Star Fox was because I was looking at the complete in-box packages, the Rumble Pack packages, and it was more expensive to buy the car, the box not graded. So I was like, why would I do that? You know, it's going to cost me 50 bucks to send it to WADA. And then I have to pay your price too when I could just get a complete in box right here. I think I paid $115 for everything already graded. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a PC, but it'll be thrown up behind me. And uh, this will be another one that has to be PC. So wanted to share that. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm interested in. That's what I'm focused on right now is that. Okay. Last segment of the night. Moving on to Gengar's Grabs. Here we go. Gengar's Grabs. This is our last segment of the night. This is our segment all about you guys. Whenever you buy cards, collectibles, you can share it in our Discord, which is free to join. Join the Poketower Discord. It's in all the links in every video you guys see. If it's not and you can't get in, you want to get in, email me at thepoketowerpodcast at gmail.com. I'll get you in. Okay, my top five picks for the grabs this week. Here we go. I went off the wall. I went off the wall because I, I saw a lot of the same stuff over and over and over. I wanted to shine some light on some people that are doing some unique things. So that's what we're doing. Number five this week. Omega Saiyanmon. He's got some cartoon anime themed uh, hats. I believe this was Kaiba and Dark Magician. That's pretty cool. You know, I, I don't collect hats myself, but... um. I like the anime, the anime theme. Um, I also like, you know, like even when Adidas did their did their thing with the Dark Magician. I think that's cool. It's just it's good to get the hobby into pop culture. It's actually really good. But um, yeah, just different. We never see stuff like this. So this is I thought this is something cool to share. <laughs> Number four, Pokemon Rambo with the video game Game Boy Advance, Game Boy DS Hall. He paid 50 bucks for this whole lot right here. I thought that was sweet. The red Game Boy SP. Um, that brings a lot of memories for me because my friend Denzel, he used to have a red Game Boy SP. I used to have the blue, and we used to battle each other on literally every game we bought. We always had to make sure, we always had to make sure that we both had two different versions of the same game. Mega Man Blue, Mega Man White, Mega Man Red, Mega Man Blue. Uh, you know. Pokemon Sapphire, Pokemon Ruby. We always had the exact opposites and played each other. It was like Link Cable Heaven back in the day. All right. Number three. Jay Parks with a brand new fresh box of Scarlet Violet EX. I am excited for the set. I think it's going to be a great set. Uh, we'll see once people open it if they get sick of it. But I think it's going to be a little more rewarding. And it's going to be new. It's going to be fresh, right? We got new rarities. You have new card formats. Right, so they redid the hollows, they redid uh, the borders on the cards, they redid the reverse hollows, they redid the pool rates. Everything is new about this. We've got new Pokemon, new rarities. It's gonna be a fresh start for Pokemon. Hopefully, we don't get sick of it like we did with Sword and Shield. Number two this week, 
Paperclip, aka Jake. So uh, the cool thing about this was he actually sent some uh, machete cards to MLC, and I was able to grade them for him. And uh, this was part of that grabs that he got. He didn't send it in, um, because I I can't authenticate. You know, I can't authenticate autographs. I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. But uh, this is a twenty. I think he said this was a twenty twenty or twenty twenty two set of Goodwin Champions. Um, their inserts were like. Hollywood stars or famous people uh, sign it with their pen name, I guess. So <clears throat> Danny Trejo put machete on there. Uh, and that's pretty cool because, you know, we don't see stuff like this. And then I know that Jake's a machete fan because he sent me machete cards to authenticate. So uh, that was pretty cool. Got the good MLC. You got, look at, we got double MLCs actually. Boom. There's an MLC back there. I don't know if you see that, but Jay Parks got the MLC. Jake's got the MLC. At number one this week, giving it to Matt from Pallet Town. He's got Tops Pokemon, and it's a big, it's a big return there too. Uh, I just thought that was really cool. It's different, right? A lot of, a lot of our Discord will share Digimon. Um, we have a few Yu-Gi-Oh guys. We got a few Pokemon guys. I mean, we all collect Pokemon, but Matt's been very consistent with his Pokemon returns, and he shares them, and it's always refreshing to see it. You know, we don't see a lot of a lot of these uh, Pokemon cards, especially in this style. If we do, you know, we're seeing a lot of modern. But uh, he's one of the few people in our Discord that actually has this stuff and uh, continues to grade it, and he's getting good returns. I believe. He, I mean, look, he got a nine on the Zard right there, nine on the Charmeleon Rainbow Foil. Uh, I thought he had a ten hiding in here somewhere. I can't see where I'm at. Um, but really, really strong grades. I think this is it right here. Uh, really strong grades. Uh, from Matt, and just unique, something different. So that was the theme this week. I wanted to pick people that were just kind of doing different things, maybe not following the crowd of what we do in our Discord and just doing their own thing, and I, I, I appreciate that. All right, that sums it up for episode 128 of the Poketower Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Please like, share, subscribe. Make sure you leave a review for me um, on Apple or Spotify. All you gotta do is hit the five-star button, pretty easy. You can join our Discord because it's free. Uh, we'll be working on the Scarlet Violet EX box break probably first or second week of April, so be ready for that. And that's it. I don't have anything else for you guys. Thanks for watching. Peace.